0: Warning. This show of ours, Before I Forget, may contain some themes and ideas and other crap that you may find offensive. We're sorry. Listener discretion is advised. Also, the opinions and ideas expressed in this show, this podcast, this thing of ours called Before I Forget, are our opinions alone. They do not represent the army or any other organization it's just us talking anyway thank you for listening to before i forget and enjoy the show show today is just me. Here's some Omar Rodriguez Lopez and John Vershante. Sounds good, makes me happy. Gonna let it ride for a minute. Alright. We're gonna get into the show today. Again, it's just me doing a solo show. This is actually Wednesday night. We just had a good family dinner with the family What else would be family, you know? Um, So I had to kind of think of something to talk about. And I've decided, first of all, I'm going to brief you guys on what we got going on tomorrow. So Kevin and I have been going on and on and on about having Sar Major Sims on the show. We are so happy that that's finally happening we had to talk to X, Y, Z, talk to this person, talk to that person, get on the schedule for everybody. Um, I'm extremely, I wouldn't say uncomfortable, but un. Hmm. when it comes to phone conversations and emails, I'm very short and it's not on purpose. It's just, I get the information across. There's no reason to put extra words in it. So that's why if you get an email from me or a text, it's always right to the point. Nothing more, nothing less. So we've been doing a lot of emailing back and forth with uh our major's people. We finally got this thing, you know, hammered down. So we're pretty happy about it. So we're pretty happy about that. Things are rolling in the right direction with the show. I've looked at Am, not Amazon numbers, uh, Apple numbers on the show. Says that we have close to ten thousand plays. Which, thank you, thank you guys. Anchor says we have close to 7,000 plays, so again, thank you guys. I believe that there's two different numbers, two different rating systems, two different everything. So, I'm going to take that as a combined XYZ amount of numbers, and I'll do the math, and I'll let you guys know. Pretty happy about everything that's going on with the show. We have so many cool things coming. I can't really get into a lot of it because I'm still talking to the people who are going to be involved in those shows. Show, sorry, show that we have coming up. And that's going to be all season two stuff, all season two. This season's already locked up. We're still taking, accepting, pleading for uh, video uh, recorded messages from you guys about the show or about loved ones that you've lost uh during that tour, that that time that we were deployed. uh Please send them in so we can edit it and put it out during one of our last shows. I believe it is our last show is going to be at a a memoriam. So there's that. I have my wife coming on. She's a a a MFT, marriage and family therapist. Uh, So she's going to get to talk about my craziness um, firsthand over the last, going on 14, six, well, 16, a whole lot of years. (laughs) Um, And we also, I think we're going to have one more solo show. I'm not sure. I'll look at it. I'll let you guys know. So on this particular show, my solo show that I'm going to do today, it's going to be a a basic training story that I have. And it was very confusing to me because all I can think is, is it really that bad? Is it that tough that we have to resort to this kind of crap? at least that's what I was thinking back then. But now I understand like mental health is, is real and this is a real mental health story. So back in 2001 before September 11th, I was at 30th AG for basic training. Going to be headed off to Delta 219 for basic training for infantry and all that kind of stuff at forbidding Georgia. There was a whole lot of people, A whole lot of people going through basic training at the time. And that just caused really bad backup on everything. So I think we end up sitting at 30th AG for, I want to say, damn near a month. So imagine you can't do anything. You can't go and run and work out and do all that kind of stuff. All you can really do is shine boots and uh watch the weather and that's pretty much what we did for that whole time we ate we ate great like I was skinny man they feed you so much as much as you want I had so many hamburgers during the day that I gained yeah I, I had to have gotten up to 180 before basic training I left the house at 150 so I gained a lot of weight there and uh couldn't work out we would still kind of hide off the side and do push-ups and sit-ups and try to get ourselves ready for basic training but we all knew that was just bullshit that we were just wasting our time so when you have basic training security still needs to be conducted meaning you still gotta have fire guard and mother eff it if i don't like being woken up for any reason at night And when you're young and you have to deal with that crap, it is so annoying. You just want to get your sleep on. You don't want to be bothered by anybody, especially for something as silly as fire guard, I thought. But whatever, you know, you get up, you write letters, you uh, walk around the barracks, you look at everyone's bunks, make sure they're all there and all that kind of junk. And on this particular night, there was a thunderstorm and they were like sirens going off and all this kind of stuff because I guess like tornadoes were coming. And if you're a kid from inner city, Los Angeles, that ain't cool, man. It's kind of scary. But for whatever reason, man, it didn't matter. I had fire guard and it was the middle of the night and I'm walking around with my little red flashlight. And I took that shit serious. Okay. I t- you take security serious. And uh, I'm walking around the barracks, flashlight on people. People are sitting there writing letters at night. and I'm like, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But they're in their bunks, you know. Eventually, I come up to this guy. I call him Greg. Partially because I can't remember his name right now. <laughs> but whatever. So I get up to his locker or his bunk and he's not there. So, I will go back over to the bathroom, check around in there. Hey, man, you in there? And there's no answer. I go back and go back to his bunk, and I realize his locker's open. And uh, this guy, he has his back towards me, but his arms are in front of him. I'm like, hey, man, what you doing? Like, get your ass and get your punk ass in the bed, man. We got to wake up in the morning for you know. Yeah, count, who cares? But he didn't say anything. And uh you can see like we're all bald, but you can see like the beads of sweat on his head. And, you know, thunderstorm weather is not always hot. It's 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 not hot at all. It's like cool, breezy, like cool, nice weather. I, I think thunderstorm weather is great. But I guess maybe he thought it was too hot. His ass was sweating like a motherfucker. And I'm like, oh, shit, dude, you okay? And he turns around, and I'm like, whoa, shit. I look at his hands, and he's shaking like a motherfucker, shaking like a leaf. And he's wearing those BCGs, those thick, ugly, nasty glasses, and they're all fogged up. And, like, his face, is, his upper lip is sweaty. And he's sitting there staring at me. And I'm staring at him in his eyes. And I remember it like it like it was yesterday, like this shit just happened right now. He has a fucking razor blade basically driving into his wrist. And I'm like, whoa. The, uh, we, whoa. Hey, somebody help me out. Somebody jumped down from their bunk and and uh I kind of talked them down and I end up talking the the razor blade out of his hand and uh I'm like whoa man 30th AG is a motherfucker <laughs> In retrospect, it wasn't the the brightest thing to say because he was going through something heavy at that point, you know? Like, uh, he thought that the best option for him at that particular moment was suicide. And that is so scary because so many people, you know, go for that. Anyway, so... You know, at the time, I didn't understand, you know, depression and anxiety and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, little did that dude know, if if basic training or if 30th AG was rough, basic training was only a few days from now. And September 11th was right around the corner from that. So... You know, stress is relative to who gets stressed, I guess. What's gonna stress you out? What's gonna drive you to the point that you know you are feeling suicidal or have suicidal thoughts. I guess that kid hit his 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 uh his wall. Maybe he wasn't actually gonna do it, you know. Maybe he was just waiting for somebody to catch him so he can get chaptered out and he didn't have to deal with the rest of the army's stuff. I remember seeing him later on, like as our cycle continued, we went through basic training and I saw him walking around with his vest on. And I'm like, oh man, like uh, if he had just stuck it out, he'd probably be graduating with us. But I think he was still there even after we had graduated. Or at least on that day, the day we graduated, he was a traffic guard. It's like, man, like, was it that bad? We had a guy uh, go AWOL on basic training. He Ran away. Like, you know, they drill sergeants tell you about the trains and all this kind of shit that are circling around the area. If you get around this train at a certain time at night, you're going to get away. And uh, I guess this kid took it to heart, and he got away. I mean, even at that point, I kind of thought, like, is, is this that hard? Like, am I, like, a super hardcore individual? No. But was basic training so tough that you had to, like, leave or, you know, try to get out through chapter suicide kind of a deal? Or, you know, you slipped through the cracks and you made it to the point that, You know, you're in basic training and now you're having these suicidal ideations and man, like all those demons and all that kind of stuff gets opened up while you're in basic. The worst possible time, you know, to have like an awakening of all this wildness in your head. At the time, like I said, I didn't understand it. So I was critical. Oh, you motherfucker, you fucking suicidal, crazy person. You know, you don't need to be here because all you're doing is dragging everyone else down. Oh, you went AWOL. Good, we don't need you around. You're just bad for the unit. But, like, those dudes, and I'm not at all, like, stepping up and saying, you know. I'm just saying, think about what those people are actually going through before you pass judgment on them. Like, I've talked about my own personal issues. I have depression um, like anxiety and my PTSD. Uh, my PTSD I deal with pretty well. My anxiety I'm trying to deal with that, but my depression sometimes hits like a rock. Hits like a fucking truck sometimes. Uh, my wife is gonna be able to talk about that when she comes on the show. Um, yeah, everyone goes through something, and what makes you human is being able to accept that that person's going through something and not taking it as an attack on you. I think for a while in my marriage, I could not explain that properly to my wife. And it came across as me being an asshole or being funky. And... You know, I knew I was going through problems, but I couldn't explain to her the problems. But, you know, through therapy, I'm learning how to deal with things in a different way. And not keeping shit bottled up, because that's a killer too, man. That stress will eat you alive. Personally, I'm only, what, 38? I'm going to be 39 this year. And I got health issues that you wouldn't believe. Nothing that's going to take me down, but shit that's been slowing me down. But... That's that's stress. You can't let stress take over. Uh, You got to learn how to accept happiness. It's okay to be happy. I mean, it's okay to be sad or pissed off. But fuck, you feel that feeling so often. It feels like the norm. And it's nice to have something happy happen. And it's not like winning the lottery happy, because that would be fucking awesome, don't get me wrong. But I mean, like, it's nice weather. Like, accept the little things sometimes, and then it makes the big things okay. Because you accept the big bad things, because you accept the little things so much, you can flip that around. And I'm trying to learn that. And I hope other... The others learned that too. I don't think I've ever had a suicidal thought. Knock on wood, because I know, like, I, uh, it's life is really, really, really out there, and it can throw your ass for a loop. Like, I couldn't imagine losing my son. I think that would maybe that probably made me homicidal over anything. Um, I couldn't imagine taking myself out and especially now that I have a son, I have somebody that looks up to me, hopefully as a role model, you know, you don't want to leave that kind of sour taste in his mouth about you. And, uh You know, that's tough, though. Like, what can push you to that point? I cannot tell you what can push me to that point because I haven't hit that point. I couldn't talk to someone who hit that point because they're gone and I can't talk to them now. I always thought, and it was like the dumbest thing, like I would never commit suicide because I wouldn't want somebody to have to clean up the mess. Kevin thought, hey, I wouldn't commit suicide because who's going to look after my dogs? Never leave a mess. That's what they even told me when I was a police officer because suicide rates were so high. Never leave a mess. So I would never leave a mess for somebody to clean up like that. And I'm not saying I look down on people who do that or who have done that. Because, again, I don't know what the fuck they went through. They must have went through something crazy, something heavy. I mean, a lot of uh, veterans, you know, we've seen some heavy, crazy, crazy stuff that you couldn't wrap your mind around. And then we get back home and then we kill ourselves. It's like, fuck, man. What is is it? When is it so hard about it? Why can't we sit down and talk about this? We can talk about it, man. It's nothing wrong with it. So don't try to hide the shit because if you try to hide it, it's just going to fucking eat you up. And the last thing you need is the health issues that go along with that, the relationship issues that get trashed, the everything about you just turns to crap. And I'm not here to try to give you a lecture, man. I'm just saying, like, think about it it can't be that I'm not saying it can't be that bad because it can always be bad but you, no one's ever going to be able to explain or understand if you check out you know nobody's going to be able to unless you leave a letter or note or something and even that is like that's going to give you more questions more questions we need a- answers for but life is crazy I, I understand how bad things can be so, I guess this guy, when we were in basic training, I guess starting basic training, he realized that life was crazy enough for him to pull that and try that. And Man. I've had friends commit suicide. Anyway. I've had friends that committed suicide. Uh, and to have to try to figure out a way to explain how I was their fr- their, their their parent's uh, friend and I couldn't help him or her in their time of need is fucking crushing. Because all you did was leave this mess behind that everyone else has to clean up. Don't be like that, I guess. I don't know, man. Talk to a therapist. Talk to a counselor. Talk to a psychiatrist. Talk to a friend. Don't talk to that bottle. That bottle will fucking take you down, man. I promise. Ain't nothing good in that bottle. It's fine to have a drink every now and then, but man, it'll snowball. I've seen that happen. I'm not a I'm not a drinker whatsoever. Like I'm a lightweight. One or two beers and I'm done. I can't really drink as it is with my kidney issues, but yeah, man, that that alcohol. If you're already depressed, ooh boy, it'll fucking take you out. It'll be the reason why you end up checking out. Drugs too, man. Nowadays, you never know what you're fucking picking up. Like, your neighborhood pill dude who's always hooking you up with something is going to hook you up with something you didn't ask for. And boom, you're gone. Hell of a way to go, I guess. Be careful. Like... That's not even a joke, like, seriously, honestly, man. I was in high school, and one of these teachers, I forget her name, Miss Sylvie. That was her name, Miss Sylvie. She's always said, like, uh, if you do drugs, buy the expensive ones, and that way you know it's good. I'm like, all right, that's a hell of a thing to teach a kid in high school, but, you know, do the expensive drugs? No, don't do drugs. Marijuana's cool. Watch you with the pills, man. Uh, Pills and alcohol don't mix. And shit will kill you too. And that is my TED Talk. (laughs) Thank you for listening to me ramble and rant on nothing. Please take care of yourself mentally. Because, you know, you're all we got. Take care of yourself. Because sometimes nobody else will take care of you. I love you. If nobody else says that shit to you, believe it. That when I say that, I fucking mean it uh anyway take care of yourself this is Tyree checking out talk to you guys later and have a good night next time you hear us you will be talking or uh, hear us talk to the uh, command sergeant major of Forcecom. Thank you for listening, like, listen, and subscribe, share, and thank you for listening. That's the end of that show. I'm sorry.